for the last four weeks, Father Anthony was with you to preach about kind of the gift and the need for confession in our spiritual lives. And so we did that so that we could each preach to the same people all four weeks in a row as we kind of tied those homilies together. So now you're stuck with me for the next four weeks. And I thought I would do something similar for the next four weeks together and have four homilies over the next four weeks that built one off the other. And what I would like to kind of reflect on over the next four weeks is the nature of God. That sometimes we create in our own minds who we think God is, and that's always a bad idea. That we need to let God reveal himself to us as to what his true nature is. Because if we don't know who God is, how can we pray properly? How can we live our Christian lives properly? And so, this Sunday, I'd like to reflect on the terrifying nature of God. In the Gospel today, the reaction of Peter, James, and John when the cloud, which a cloud descending from all the way from the Old Testament is always a sign of God's presence, the cloud descending brings terror to them. Their first reaction to the experience of the presence of God is terror. Why is that so important? Why is that kind of fear of God essential in the way that we live our Christian lives? Fear usually is something that we try to run away from because we think it's always bad. But if we really think about it, fear isn't always a bad thing. There is some fear that we need to learn, and we teach our children some of those good fears to have. I think one of the easiest to think about is the fear of the hot stove. That we need to teach children to have a proper fear of that. That when the child starts to get curious about what that red color might mean, if you don't have a brat that gets to it before you and learns by touching it, you teach the child proper fear, how do you do it? You take their hand and you place it close enough so that they can begin to feel the consequences of what it might mean to touch it without having to fully face it. And that same idea is present in our Catholic tradition of spirituality. St. Ignatius of Loyola, he has these classic spiritual exercises, which is basically a four-week, month-long silent retreat. And every week, of that month-long retreat is a different meditation and reflection. And the first week of that retreat is always a week-long meditation on hell. Why would it start that way? Because by meditating and reflecting on the reality of hell, it allows the Christian person in prayer to start to experience what a life without God might be to experience that fear of what it might be to not have God in their life. And then from there, build outwards, growing in that relationship with God. But that's not really the kind of fear that the apostles experience in the gospel today. That kind of fear is what we would tie in with imperfect contrition. So if you think back to the classic act of contrition, 
O my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended you. I detest all my sins because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. That's that first kind of fear. But that's not really the fear that the apostles experience. That fear is a different kind of fear. It's the fear that we experience when we are in front of something that is overwhelming. So you can think of it as with Abraham, God points to the stars and tells him to count the stars to know how many descendants will come from him. Well, have you ever stopped and really thought about the experience of being in space? Have you ever listened to an astronaut talk of the experience of being in space? Thinking about how insignificant planet Earth is in the whole universe and how fickle our reality is, kind of that overwhelming reality. Or maybe you do it standing in front of the ocean, being on the ocean, and the vastness of that sea and the strength of it. For me, I always experience it when I go backpacking in the summer with the mountains. There's a healthy fear that needs to be there. If you don't have that fear before those great things, then you take them for granted, and that's when you get yourself into trouble. Proper fear does, I think, two things. It paralyzes us, and it focuses us. If you think of the experience of being in the mountains, that awe that can paralyze us keeps us in one place long enough to absorb, take in, what is before us. And then it can focus our efforts. If we're out there, it can focus our efforts of what we need to overcome to live out there when we don't have the comforts of home. This is where that fear of the Lord starts to come in. It's the fear of God is what brings about awe and reverence that we need that fear of God to bring that about in us, which is why when we talk about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that we receive at confirmation, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is fear of the Lord. It's absolutely essential to our Christian lives that we need that healthy fear of God because it brings about in us an awe before God and a reverence. It brings about in us an awareness of, I am a creature before God. That I am insignificant before God. And it focuses us in the way that we see our dependency on God and moves us towards depending on Him. If we don't have that in our Christian lives, then what grows in us is this familiarity with God, which is partly good, but if it grows too much, then it changes the way that we approach God and it becomes unhealthy. So instead of coming to God in prayer and asking Him for something, we come and we start demanding something of God. And then when we don't receive it, we get angry at God because that familiarity has taken away our ability to be in awe of the greatness of God. We need that fear of the Lord because it moves us 
to a proper awareness of who we are in the sight of God and of how much we need Him. If we don't have that, then God is just a convenience to us. And the way that we live our Christian lives tries to bring that about in us. It has to be the first reaction to God in the same way as it was for Peter, James, and John. We try to bring that about in the way that we build our churches. The way that we build our churches, when somebody who's never been in a Catholic church before, what they should experience when they first walk in through the doors is a sense of awe, a sense of littleness. That when people walk in, they should see the beauty around them and be in awe of it. And then part of the reason why we build our churches up is because it starts to make us aware of who I am before God. It makes us automatically kind of lift our heads up. It makes us recognize that we are little creature. We don't just build tall buildings because we want to heat a big high roof in the wintertime. There's a reason, there's a purpose that we build them that way. But you know that not all of our churches are built that way because we've become overly familiar with God. We've lost that sense of awe and reverence before God. And then if we don't have that proper fear of the Lord, that proper awe and reverence of God, then what is the Eucharist? If we don't have that gift in our lives, how are we approaching the Eucharist? If we're overly familiar with God, then the Eucharist just becomes an action, a ritual, and nothing more. But that proper gift of fear of the Lord, being kind of terrified in a good and a holy way, in awe, in reverence of God, allows us to approach the Eucharist as the gift that it is. But the thing that we always remember when it comes to that terrifying nature of God, of that need to have this healthy fear of God that brings about awe and reverence, is that Peter, James, and John experienced that grandeur of God as the cloud descended upon them and they heard the voice of the Father. But that same God was the one standing in front of them in the person of Jesus. That while that terrifying nature of God is essential to bring us into the proper relationship with God and understanding who we are in His sight, He's also the God who comes very near to us and is with us always. Mm -hmm.